the real ability of utility to achieve its goals is, is not by maintaining silos, it's by breaking them down. Welcome to the Smart Energy International Podcast, your guide to innovation and trends in the global power and energy sectors. Hi, I'm your host, Claire Falkfen, and in today's episode, I'm speaking with Mike Ballard, Vice President, Industry Strategy from Oracle Utilities, about Oracle's vision on financial sustainability and digitalization. Normally, Mike and I would meet up face-to-face at least twice a year during events, but because of the travel restrictions due to the coronavirus, that is not possible. However, now that so much is changing in the industry, I do think it's time for a catch-up. I'd like to hear from him how utilities in developed and developing countries are continuing their journey in the time of COVID. Additionally, we'll talk about how financial sustainability and digitalization are perhaps more relevant now than they were pre-pandemic. Hi, Mike. It's good to have a chance to speak with you. Thanks so much for joining me. Hello there. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, really honored to be uh, on this series. How are you doing? I am very well. How are you? Yeah, good. Um, you know, things are a bit weird, but good. <laughs> yes, I miss. I do miss the travelling. I do miss the travelling. I like, like yourself. I like to, uh, you know, I get my energy from meeting people in the industry, and uh, I am missing that. Yeah, I mean, we used to see each other two, maybe three times a year, depending on 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 the events that we were at. And I haven't seen you since Paris, so it it all just feels a little bit disconnected. Yeah, I got long hair now. <laughs> I'm I'm showing more grey than I should be. <laughs> Mike, I, I did I did want to ask you, particularly around some of the themes of the sector at the moment. Digitalization is a word that we hear about all the time, but it means different things to different people. And I was wondering if you could share some thoughts uh, on digitalization, particularly in, with regards to the regions that you work in. Yeah, it is it is a word that's digitalization as a, as a phrase sort of come into vogue in the, in the last few years but of course it's not new in that you know we've been moving from analog to digital systems and processes ever since business computing arrived you know just think paper files all the way through now to you know, in, in word processing and emails and now into you know, social and other more even you know further digitizing so it's not a new concept i think what's what's changing now is two things it's the meeting of two forces the first is that our industry, the utility industry, is undergoing a, a huge amount of change. Um, some of them internal, uh, some of them external. Climate pressures, uh, the changes of uh, energy sources and how energy is consumed, uh, the economics of energy and the economics of water as well. And of course, customer expectations are putting additional pressures on utilities. And at the same time as that's happening, technologies that are becoming available are also arriving and changing and evolving extremely quickly as well. And interestingly, it's, it's almost certainly those technologies that are going to provide a, a sort of a unique role in providing solutions to those to those challenges. So in order for utilities to, to adopt those and to get value out of those, they're having to recognize that some parts of their industry, their parts of their, their operating model in the, inside the utility are, are, are struggling. The pace of change of the industry uh, is not being met their ability to meet it through deployment of technologies and deployment of new business um, and operating models. You know, examples of that, quite often utilities are struggling to respond to customers in the way that customers expect using the channels that they want. 
they are not currently able to you know, fully measure when, where and how much energy or water is being consumed and what the value of that is. With the deployment of distributed energy resources, the utilities are struggling to visualize where those resources are and what, how they are operating. Are they, are they generating? Are they storing? You know, when, when is it being consumed? Is it being consumed through things like electric vehicles and, and smart thermostats? And that's causes a high level of complexity in that new DER model that the utilities are, are not yet fully visualizing. There are, there's an asset base there that is costly to replace and there are new ways in which utilities could be uh, optimizing their maintenance strategies, but struggle to do that because they don't necessarily have full visibility of, of the asset health um, and the dependencies of assets on each other to help them drive their decision making. And then of course, you know, in, in, in standard operating models, you know, being able to reduce outages and leaks as demand uh, and supply of those become more varied, more volatile, weather becoming more volatile in certain parts of the world, um, and of course infrastructure and, and workforce are aging. So these are some of the challenges, some of the kind of evidence where utilities are struggling perhaps to keep up with the level of change and where digitalization is, is going to be an enabler for that. Um, of course, all of that is being underpinned by a challenge of, of reduced revenue, whether it's down to lower demand. Some of that demand, low demand is, is needed because of capacity issues and generation issues. Um, and others are as a side effect of, of recent you know, COVID and economic pressures, um, either through to low demand because of businesses not being able to operate or people not being able to pay bills because they're not working uh, right now. So the technologies that we are now having are able to increase our understanding of, of customers, of the assets, of energy usage, and they are more affordable. But getting those technologies into your enterprise, getting them integrated, embedded into your business processes is, uh, is where utilities often get stuck. Sometimes for utility, starting their digitalization journey means installing, for instance, smart meters. What would your advice be to a utility who is wanting to start on a full digitalization journey? It's interesting. It reminds me very much of a, of a Turkish utility, um, Dedash, in, uh, in eastern Turkey. They, um, they embarked a few years ago on their transformation program. They were suffering from high technical losses, over 50% uh, non-technical loss. They had reliability challenges. They had a new deregulated market that they wanted to thrive in. And they had a vision that digitalization was going to be a key enabler to them bringing back control into their, into their revenue stream and to be able to you know, define new uh, businesses, new operating processes and new uh, products and services to customers. But, um, so this reminds that question is kind of sits right in, there, in, in, in Dead Ash's uh, experience. But right up front, it was about deciding on the outcomes and the priorities for your industry. So each utility will have a different, it could be, it could be about improving customer engagement. It could be around protecting revenue. It could be about improving worker safety. So when you're embarking on those journeys, it's fundamental you define what that goal is. What is the point of it? You know, when people talk about rolling out smart meters, they're not doing it for a technical uh, fix. They're not doing it for fun. They're doing it because they're as a measure, as a mechanism to achieve a certain set of outcomes. So the second then is really understanding the dependencies within your ecosystem to achieve those outcomes. I'm actually right now, I'm at, my, at home here and we moved into a house, we're very lucky we moved house just before uh, lockdown happened and the house needs some work, it needs some renovation work and I'm going through this process at the moment of having to kind of constrain the scope of that renovation work because I'm constantly thinking, oh, while I'm you know, knocking out the kitchen, maybe I'll sort out the plumbing. While I'm sorting out the plumbing, maybe some of these electrics need sorting and before you know it, the entire house will, will be upside down. 
and I will not be thanked for it. The thing is, you know, your, your comment about the house is just so spot on. It's a bit like that, isn't it? In, in these transformation programs, you need to be able to, you know, contain the, the scope of that transformation. And there's a couple of approaches that are being used for it. The first is, is the, the natural boundaries of that project and containing uh, the scope to within those domains. Um, another is to uh, start with specific area, like metering is a very good example, or maybe it's your customer relationship programs, and then kind of build out from there. You, know, you often see utilities starting with measurements of their commodities as a, as a focus area. AMI projects are the, often the key enabler for that uh, because they are, they are the start of the, um, the value chain of many of the downstream business processes. Um, but final advice really is around thinking strategically whilst you're doing it. So utilities have been traditionally quite siloed. I think we've discussed, you and I, many times about the interconnectedness of a utility and that the real ability of utility to achieve its goals is, is not by maintaining silos, it's by breaking them down. And so you need, when you're thinking about your transformation programs, you know, and you're working on a customer engagement focus, you know, think about how does that customer engagement impact and, and, and affect your network operations and, and vice versa. You know, when you're working on asset optimization, how can that asset, asset optimization processes and data, you know, benefit uh, grid operations or field work? You know, this all helps build the business case for, for that investment by showing that by investing in this one area of my utility, I'm actually driving benefit into these other parts. Of course, you know, working with partners that understand that whole value chain. Okay, so, you know, not just sort of taking tactical decisions around, uh, around your partners, around your vendors, but actually you know, looking at the full picture and making sure you've got a cohesive strategy because breaking down those silos is the key to, you know, to unlocking the value of a digitalization uh, project. Yeah, and I, I, you know, sometimes breaking down those silos can be quite painful, particularly from a, a workforce management perspective. But it is worth it if you can, I guess, go through the process and know why you're wanting to, you know, what you're trying to achieve. That's right. And also having that common goal, having that common focus stops projects from, from drifting, yeah, from getting out of control um, by having very, very strong uh, you know, scope management, definitely. You and I have also often spoken about the fact that technology is not the answer. It's an enabler to solving a problem, but it is only one part of that equation. That's right. Absolutely. So that brings me to another question, and that is around regulation. How does regulation impact the digitalization discussion? For the vast majority of utilities, it is it is fundamental. It's it's a it's a mechanism of incentivising and and penalising uh, often. So that so incentives and, and penalties from regulators is often driving a huge amount of uh, investment and decision making by utilities. Um, and not just in regulation, government policies, which are sometimes you know outside of the regulatory domain, but all of that environment in which in which utilities are operating is often you know. Um, heavily influenced by the decisions of, of regulators but of course you know regulators are they're not <laughs> they're not mythical beings they are they're people when they are you know they are people who are trying to achieve similar uh, or at least often uh, quite uh, sympathetic goals in terms of you know improving customer experience including reliability trying to keep a control on on costs and costs to customers they're trying to meet some you know political goals and they are also, you know, they still, they also have challenges in being able to keep up with, you know, some of the changes. I mean, when we look at 
things like you know data regulation and how that has had to transform very very quickly to help protect the privacy of, of, of customers and their data. How distributed energy resources have really sort of turned the whole um, economic model of utilities on its head, and how do regulators uh, respond to that? Yeah, you know, they yeah they are, and there's you know having similar but um, uh, you know a, a different type of uh, challenge to the, to the utilities themselves. Um, well, we actually have a regulatory affairs team in in Oracle Utilities, and you know they are speaking regularly to utilities in 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 the U.S. and Japan and India, talking about you know how some innovative approaches to regulation can help drive outcomes that regulators are after. You know, one of them, for example, is trying to help you know increase energy efficiency. There are many ways of doing that. So there's pricing signals is absolutely one, but there's also psychological and behavioural uh, triggers. And um, that can be that can be deployed. There's we've done a lot of learning in Oracle around the evolving your relationship with a customer, starting with the fundamentals of of accurate bills and payment flexibility and good communications at the right time, the right channels. Getting those fundamentals right so that when you want to have an advanced conversation with a customer about energy efficiency or renewable energy, you are already established and they have trust with that that customer. These are some sort of, you know learnings that we've been you know, spearheading uh, through, through our OPower platform for quite a few years. And when we talk to regulators, we are drawing upon our global experiences and showing, you know, these different countries how you can how you can address those in, in, in your programs. And we found they've been very open to that assistance. They are very interested in, in learning how uh, different countries are being, uh, you know, achieving energy efficiency, peak load management, for example. Other ways that regulators are, are impacting this, if you look at the UK, where I come from, they, you know, Quite, quite early on, uh, the regulators there came up with a, a new strategy to incentivize outcomes rather than methods and incentivizing flexibility as well as reliability. So actually rewarding the especially distribution operations to um, invest in innovation, invest in, in flexibility systems and actually you know, uh, support that. You know, data protection, as I mentioned, is another one where you know, they, in GDPR, they're not describing necessarily a specific method to managing the data, but they are prescribing outcomes that must be achieved, and that these all allow all of these GPR, Rio, and some of the, and the some of the energy efficiency ones are all examples where regulating outcomes rather than methods helps utilities flex through those through those changes, and it also helps innovation appear. We suddenly find new ways of achieving that outcome that no one had thought of because nobody was specifying how it should be done up front. Yeah, you raised two very interesting and I think important points. I mean, the first one being around trust relationship between a utility and its customers. And yeah, I mean, that is a, a fundamental consideration. I think the second point that you've mentioned that for me is particularly interesting is, is the fact that it's the outcome that's regulated, not the method of doing it. Because I think that that it is going to allow for an enormous amount of uh, thinking outside the box, which is not necessarily something that regulation is known for. So I think that it's going to be that that kind of approach is going to be very powerful. It, it is, and it's, it's also it will help accelerate the achievement of those outcomes because each utility starts from a different start position. Yeah, their skill sets inside of that utility will be different. Some of them will have high levels of automation and technology and others will be starting from very very old legacy processes and it will be a patchwork within a utility and so giving that flexibility of how they will go about achieving that 
is is different from uh, from region to region, and so having that that flexibility is going to you know not prescribe a particular path. I think that's very very important. Yeah, no, I agree. Obviously, I mean, you know, we're talking from our homes because we cannot travel or <laughs> meet in person. So, my my question, well, my next question really is. An important consideration in terms of the role of digitalization has really been brought to the fore with the COVID-19 pandemic. How, how has digitalization made a difference in this particular scenario that we found ourselves in? First, um, I, you know, I, I don't ever want to miss an opportunity when I'm in these forums to thank the utilities you know, that are again, demonstrating their, their dedication to you know, maintaining service. The thing about utilities, they have always operated in, in a volatile environment. They are, it's a very heavily weather and environment dependent industry. Their mindset around reliability and safety, I think has been hugely beneficial in their ability to respond to this very strongly. I think that just the whole culture inside of utilities um, has, has led themselves to, to deal with this you know, very, very well. You know, I lead a uh, practice inside of uh, well, utilities around monitoring our, the impacts of, of COVID on utilities and how they are responding and, and the tactics they're, they're deploying. And it is actually quite humbling just to, to read and to hear the stories that, uh, you know, of operations teams literally camping in the control rooms for weeks, not seeing their family for weeks during these lockdown periods to ensure that they've got the full crews maintaining and, and monitoring um, networks. We've seen field crews, you know, uh, I know there was... Um, British Gas put a video out of their, their field crews doing care work and delivering medicines and, and food to, to vulnerable people who are, who are isolating because they weren't able to, to do their normal role of visiting customer houses and doing meeting work or whatever. So they pivoted to doing support work instead. It was um, very, very interesting. And that, that's happening all over the world as well. So I think that's one part of utilities, I think, were, have always been, uh, had, had a culture of, of operating in, in times of, um, of challenge. But there are some newer phenomenons which I can, I can take you through. I think the first one is around shift in energy demand profiles. That there's reduced business demand um, and, and industrial commercial demand as companies have to, to pause operations, but increase in the in the residential demand profiles as people have had to stay at home. The challenge of that is is, multi, is multiple challenges. That the first one is that of course when you're trying when you're in the energy forecasting business and you're trying to work out how much energy do I need and where do I need it, there are these new demand profiles that are changing as the as the conditions for lockdown are changing and it's very challenging. And digitalization is a good example there. Having that granular view, having a lot of insight into where energy is being consumed in real time and being able to trend that and analyze that does help you in pivoting to, you know, and being able to then provide better better forecasts for the weeks uh, and months ahead. So that's, that's an example there. The challenge with the, with the reduced demand um, on the industrial commercial side is that it's never going to be um, mitigated by the increased you know, customer demand. They're just, you know, two different um, volumes of, of profile. So that has a, an issue in, in the income and the revenue that utilities are getting. And that revenue is, is exacerbated by the fact that a number of customers who are currently not working may have higher energy bills. And so you know, how can digitalization help there? Well, I think one of the examples we had in a, you know, with our OPAR platform is that we were able to help you know, segment and identify customers who are, who are most vulnerable and, and having you know, potential challenges to, to pay and to engage with those customers very early on to make sure that those 
digital channels that you're using are being used to, in some cases, over-communicate with customers, to, to reassure customers that the utility is there and that they're supporting them both in the delivery of the service, but also in the financial challenges that some of those customers will be in. So again, that's much easier to do using digital channels uh, because the situation is changing quickly and it, your ability to therefore respond and communicate clearly in a targeted way to each customer that may be affected differently is, is, is much easier to achieve uh, when you've got those digital platforms available. And another example is around field worker safety. There, there are you know, still need to go out and maintain and fix fix assets, but they have to do that in a different way. So if you can't have two people in a vehicle traveling to a site and you've got to have two vehicles going, that has impacts on the amount of work you can do. Um, it has impacts on how long that work's going to take and your ability, therefore, to dynamically reschedule and to, um, you know, the tasks for your field workers, the ability for you to monitor those field workers Really good example. We've Oracle's been working with uh, a bunch of partners on incorporating technologies into field worker uh, equipment so that they can they can understand where exactly where those where those field workers are. Um, they can use remote uh, sensing methods, either drones or, or even robots, to go and monitor um, you know sort of remote control vehicles to go and um, look at and, and examine equipment. Um, again, to, trying to reduce the amount of in-person activity needed. One of the recent enhancements we, we, we added to our field service was to add additional checks to field workers to help you know, make sure that they are checking the, the state of their equipment, that they've done the clean down they need to do in their vehicle um, after, after they finished, when they're at a, you know, maybe they're at a customer site or a business site for, you know, for some service problem, that they are following all of the new uh, guidelines. So having these, this ability to roll out new processes to field workers quickly um, and being able to track that they are being uh, adhered to, which is very, very important, is you know is, is able to be achieved through you know through those digital platforms. These are all, all examples here where having that uh, digitized view of of your workers, of your customers, of your usage, of your assets, all helps you in 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 both reducing the amount of interaction of people to people, allows service to be uh, to be maintained, and also I think what's what I'm finding fascinating is that it's it's accelerating. I think the appreciation that some of these digital processes can um, you know can deliver to customers yeah I, I think I think you're right but for me what what has been particularly interesting is obviously not just the amazing response I mean you know some of the examples that you mentioned I cannot get over the incredible selflessness that so many people in this industry have shown in response to the pandemic it has just been unbelievable but I think for me, what's also been so interesting is the extreme care that utilities are taking, not only toward their customers, but towards their workforces. I mean, for me, that is, right. you know, it's so important. It is. I think what we, when you speak to utilities, they'll tell you that safety has always been in their DNA. Not only because it's the, it's, it's the moral thing to do, but also from a pure business sense, it's, you know, these are skilled workers and you can't afford, you don't want your field crews to go sick because you run out of field crew eventually and, and you can't get your work done. So it's both morally correct, but it's also, you know, it, it makes good business sense to be taking very good care of your, of your crews um, to allow you that, you know, because I think we all have understood, uh, unfortunately, this is not a, a quick problem that's going to be you know, over soon. It's going to be an enduring challenge. And, and so having some uh, sustainability of those processes and having taken the longer view is, is, is really important. 
nice to see it an opportunity where what's morally right and what's business right are so closely aligned. It um, is, yes. What other impacts are you seeing as a, a, a result of COVID-19? A few really interesting ones. Um, I think the first thing is, as I mentioned, this appreciation or understanding that actually there are some things which we thought really we needed to be doing face-to-face that don't necessarily need to be done face-to-face. And a, really, a good example of this is one of our, our customers in the, in the Midwest of the US has moved their home energy assessment program to a, from a, from a, in, in across two states in the US um, from an in-home uh, face-to-face assessment to an online assessment. Customers complete their energy assessments online and um, they receive uh, an energy efficiency kit tailored to that profile from, from the information they provided. Nobody needs to enter the home. And since, you know, since moving online, they've reached six times as many customers through that online program than their on-site program did. And 96% of the customers gave the online assessment a digital thumbs up. Six times more customers. That's incredible. That is, inc- that is amazing. Yeah, so homeworking obviously is has uh, accelerated. I'm, I'm proof of that. My wife actually, she you know, she works for EDF. She's down, she's downstairs. She's been working from home now. Um, and yeah, they they had to respond to that. They have a large you know call center base, which is a really challenging environment when you're trying to socially distance. And so they did a great job uh, pivoting their call center staff into into homeworking call center staff. And you know, I think actually that personally, I think that homeworking and flexible working. Yeah, because it's not just the physical nature of you know working from home in the environment we've all been in where you've we've been homeschooling. Um, I've got two children who are in uh, secondary school, and we're both doing our day jobs and homeschooling. And and what's been great about both our companies is the appreciation of the need for flexibility. And so I think that flexible working and and remote working are going to be a common approach that all industries are going to uh, pivot towards. So I think that's that's been one really interesting one. I think the other one is around at the more kind of business level is impacts on deregulated markets. A lot of, uh, especially in the area of energy trading, a lot of smaller retailers that maybe don't arm generators themselves um, have had impacts on their balance sheet because they would have bought energy on a, on a futures market uh, based on an expected demand profile. And that demand profile, as we talked about earlier, is completely uh, completely changed. And so they are you know, having to offload excess energy or if they've not bought enough, uh, they have to you know, go and buy that on the spot market. And that's obviously can be expensive, can have impacts on their on the profitability, which is a real challenge when energy retail markets are you know, already very on margins anyway. The last one, I think, is a sort of start is that trying to run your services when your revenues are lower and you're seeing a, you know, a, an enduring challenge over, over financial control is that digitalization is, is a real potential um, antidote to some of that. And, you know, automation and taking high cost uh, out of those processes is an important part. You know, IT infrastructure, we're seeing far more interest in, in, in cloud because, you know, it's providing additional benefits around reliability, um, continued continuity of service, more sort of uh, elasticity. You know, we're seeing increased interest around customer um, self-service and digital tools as, as more and more uh, you know, utilities are trying to understand how customers can serve themselves and be less reliant on person-to-person interactions, even if they are still on the phone. The ability is revenues reduce for the optimization of assets so that you are not 
you're, you're not spending on asset replacement that you don't need to because you're maintaining assets in that sort of more condition-based model as opposed to the kind of cyclical model. And of course, the last one around field crews, just having smarter field crews, increasing uh, safety, maximizing their productivity um, in all situations. So I think you know, there's a few examples there where there's increased uh, interest around digital-based processes and technologies helping to both mitigate short-term challenges, but also set them set utilities up better for the future uh, so that they're more able to respond to whatever the world throws at us in you know, 2021 and beyond. <laughs> I don't think any of us thought that we would be able to shift as rapidly as we did. You know, people have always spoken about the utility sector as being fairly conservative. And I think that the ability to literally change course in terms of uh, a lot of on-site, you know, in-person type working to working from home has proven that that conservatism is actually a complete fallacy. And I'm particularly looking forward to seeing how our utility sector is going to innovate from here because they've proven now that they can do it. I agree. I think, you know, we always look, try and in these very challenging times, look for, look for the you know the silver linings where where we can, and I you know I do hope this is one of them that we will that the incredible response that that, that utilities have, have have made, and their demonstration that their ability to to to, to pivot and to change and to be agile and be responsive is something that that they can continue you know in the future. I really really hope so. Mike, I know that um, Oracle has been a big supporter of the CEO forum. And uh, I wondered if there was anything that you would like to talk about, or if you can talk about, with regards to the most recent forum that you were part of. Uh, Oracle's been an active member of the African Utility Week CEO forum uh, for years and years. I think it's where we first, think it's where we first met. And so we've been, yeah, we've been really, uh, really happy and, and pleased to be, yeah, to be part of that. We keep, uh, we respect the chat of mouse rules that the forums have, but I would say that. Many of the, the challenges that we've outlined today are being seen and felt in, in, the, in the African region. We've already seen, I think, that the African region has been looking at opportunities to leapfrog into some of the more uh, digitized processes rather than going through what many other parts of the world have been through a very kind of incremental approach. You know, they are very interested in, in areas. I think that you know, the Dedash uh, example is very is a very interesting one because it's basically saying we're not going to do this incrementally. We're going to pivot our entire business in one in one go. And I think we, we see in the African region that opportunity. When when a utility has the ability to you know transform their customer engagement programs and their asset and their field work um, and they've got that vision and I, I met a number of them in the in the CO forum that, that have really do have this vision to be different, to work differently um, and to transform quickly. Um, I think that's, that's, that's been a common theme, a common aspiration is that they want to do things faster because before you know it, something like COVID just comes around and throws all of your five year plans out of the window. So, so I think that's, that's something I think is a, I've been hearing in this forum is a, is a real desire to, to move faster. Well, hopefully, you know, I mean, obviously this pandemic is, is terrible and the human cost and the economic cost has been devastating. But perhaps if there is, as you said, a silver lining that's going to come out of this, it will be the perhaps the realization, particularly on a policy level, that these kinds of shifts from a technology perspective are not just a nice to have. They are actually fundamental 
in terms of how we keep our, our services running, you know, an environment that is perhaps becoming increasingly uncertain. Yes, I think it was it was heading that way anyway. I think the uncertainty of, you know, as I mentioned, in terms of climate and of you know, energy demand and water conservation, all of these mm. areas have been bearing down on utilities increasingly over the last five to ten years. This is just another example of you know, how the world can change quickly. It puts that into uh, into a more of a highlight and more of a focus. You know, that may be one one outcome of this that it will it will accelerate. Last question for you, Mike. A lot of your insights are based on your experience in a global market. As you know, I'm based in Cape Town. And before we end our conversation, I wanted to pick your brain with regards to some of the particular challenges for utilities in Southern Africa and what solutions both you and your colleagues at Oracle Utilities would propose for them as they continue this journey. Okay, yes. So yeah, we've been you know, very fortunate to be working you know, with big utilities in, in, in that region. And you know, I think the, the number one topic is around, is around revenue assurance and being able to uh, maintain and sustain a, a viable uh, business. That's, that's, that's critically important. I think another key area challenge is around you know, demand management and peak demand and being able to um, you know, meet some of those, those challenges around energy uh, capacity. And what's interesting about those two pieces is that they're actually both centered around a common solution, uh, not technical solution, I mean a business solution, um, which is around customer engagement. That's actually the ability to uh, engage with, with end customers, both on how they use energy, when they use energy, and how they pay for the energy that they are going to use is all one answer to, to both parts of that that problem and often the first step of that is around measurement is that getting more accurate and granular view of where energy is being consumed both to help uh, manage forecasting but also to help identify technical losses and to identify non-technical losses and then you know having customer solutions that are able to interact with customers through the channels that they prefer in in a modern world now it's 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 mobile phones it's mobile apps it may be um, you know, large amounts of prepay in, in South Africa and uh, in South Africa especially, and you know, those prepay services are needing to pivot to the 21st century. And token-based systems you know, meet the fundamental need of collecting a revenue, but they are not going to help you in the, the more challenging questions around, you know, around incentivizing different energy use and different energy behaviors. And so you know, rolling out metering programs with a view that those metering programs are there to both serve the distribution uh, and um, reliability agenda of the utility, but also to help customers change their, you know, change their usage to incentivize customers to use energy at different times so that they can, uh, they can reduce those peak demands and also reduce their bills. And to start to um, really rebuild the engagement between the utility and and their customers. Uh, it has to be a customer-centric approach. There are lots of other things you could also do around asset management and, and grid, but I'll say, you know, the time that we have on this call, it's about reconnecting with customers, and that requires both digital channels, but also non-digital channels that are integrated with those digital channels to engage with customers and to uh, have robust, scalable, and flexible systems in the back end of metering and of billing and customer relationship management, customer digital channels to be able to um, to automate and to you know drive as maximum efficiency into into that part of your utility business.
Mike, thanks, thanks so much for joining us. I have really enjoyed catching up um, and I'm looking forward to the chance for us to have a proper catch up face to face over a cup of coffee at some stage, maybe a glass of wine. It's been wonderful. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for, for inviting me. I'm very glad that you were able to make the time for this. Thank you for joining us on the Smart Energy International podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Oracle Utilities. For more podcasts, you can visit the Smart Energy International website, smart-energy.com. Be sure to tune in again soon for more conversations and insights into things that really matter to our industry. Until next time, I'm Claire Fulfane, and you've been listening to the Smart Energy International podcast.